Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. We're back with another Halloween-ish-esque themed <laughs> episode. Yeah, there's like artistic liberties a little <laughs> bit this week. But but I think it all tied together pretty well, and I'm actually very excited about it. I agree. I mean, it's some of my worst fears, you know? Yeah. Um, this week we watched Jenny Slate's Netflix comedy special, Stage Fright. So there you go. Fright. Fright. And there's a little bit of talk of ghosts in it, and a little bit of talk about love and, like, fears. So we were like, wow, we didn't even purposefully try to tie the, tie it into Halloween themed. It just worked in our favor. And then we also watched the Amazon original Modern Love, which is all about different love stories that are taken from op-ed ar- article, not op-ed, but like personal. Well, like Modern Love is a series of yeah, essays, like essays personal yeah. essays that people write into the New York Times. And anyway, we'll get into that too, but love is also scary. So love is scary is basically the premise of this episode. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Like vulnerable love. Yes. So we decided for our top three that we would talk about the scariest love stories of TV characters that we would not want to be a part of. Yeah, like being in the, the these relationships would be like the equivalent of a haunted house. And I <laughs> exactly. hate haunted houses, so. <laughs> Perfect. I can't wait to hear Jordan's. She said she has a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have like a ton of bonuses. The hardest part for me was uh, ranking them. Well, um, what was your number three? Okay, my number three is it's more like one show because I couldn't even just pick one couple from this show, but it's. Pretty much any couple on Glee. Mm. Because I... And, you know, it's been so long that I don't remember the details of every single couple. But I do remember all of... Pretty much every single couple being very manipulative. Very, like, overly dramatic and, like, backstabby. Mm -hmm. Even within the relationship. And, like, very unfaithful to each other. But, like, every single couple was like that. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, the that kind... When... The plot lines are like that. That is just so stressful to me Mm -hmm. and, like, the worst relationship I can imagine. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Glee (laughs) as a whole. (laughs) I like it. I approve. Um, Okay, my number three, I'm going to say uh, Chuck and Blair from Gossip Girl. I think they're... Love is just so intense, and Chuck is just always doing these, like, huge romantic grand gestures that make me have hives. Makes me just want to vomit, <laughs> imagining like, someone doing that for me. My dream relationship is someone that ignores me. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, maybe will, like, say hi to me every once in a while. I basically, like, don't want people to know that I'm dating them. <laughs> Like, they'll be around if we, like, want to go on a trip or something. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Chuck was just too much for me. That's a really good one because, yeah, they're kind of... Some people might put them at the top of their best favorite couple list. Well, Well, you love Chuck. Yeah. Um, And, like, that 
that's totally cool if you're a person who loves grand dramatic romantic gestures like that but i'm just not that girl like i didn't even i used to tell guys that i did not like flowers and like say please don't give me flowers because it just made me feel uncomfortable but i've come around a little bit on that not that anyone has actually sent me flowers but that's not true because your mom did (laughs) that's true at work one time thanks mom but even then sometimes i just it's i don't really know i feel like it's difficult to explain like i wouldn't want to hurt someone's feelings Mm -hmm. but it's true because even like platonically like there are some like i appreciate a very thoughtful thing but Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily like to be surprised as the center of attention all the time yeah and when it's like specifically about someone like telling me how much they love me Mm -hmm. romantically that is just like so embarrassing agreed so yeah i don't know how to tell someone to show (laughs) that love to me like that's kind of challenging but we're complicated we're worth it (laughs) Um, that's a really good one. My number two scariest, worst couple that I would never want to be a part of is Michael and Jan on The Office. Mm. Like, I do think it's funny in season two when she's, like, very put together and, like, a normal person Mm -hmm. and, like, this corporate hotshot woman Mm -hmm. because that dynamic is, like, very funny to me. But I do not think it's, like, funny at all past season three like i know most people say like the dinner party episode is like their favorite episode of the office sometimes but that one just like stresses me that kind of humor just stresses me out yeah and also like it's very stressful to me when she basically like has trapped michael in this relationship Mm -hmm. and it's like very sad to me and like instead of being very funny i just find it very um stressful yeah I get that. I feel the same way about that. Um, okay, my number two, I chose Lindsay and Nick from Freaks and Geeks. Ooh. <laughs> That's a really good one. I feel like it's not totally fair because they are um, in high school. So it's like, yeah, of course I don't want like a high school love. No, but like the, when he sings that song to her, like speaks sings the song Uh uh-huh it's like again he just like likes her too much and like uh, he feels and like does these things that he feels like a boyfriend should do that are just like such a turnoff to me yeah and it was like they couldn't even really be themselves around each other and yeah just everything about them made me feel uncomfortable yeah i agree although um that is the kind of like that provides some of my favorite stuff on the show because her reactions to it are so relatable to me yeah and i don't see a lot of characters on tv reacting like that to a grand gesture yeah and so i do appreciate that a lot how she's like oh he liked me so much that i didn't even want to be on the same planet as him (laughs) but it is like my nightmare being her in that Mm -hmm. situation so it's like kind of a catch-22 yeah but oh that's a good answer thank you um, okay, my number one is one that I've complained about before, but I was remembering um, different reasons why I hate them, and it's Rory and Dean on Gilmore Girls, mm-hmm. and, like, I'm even kind of excluding um, the plotline of him cheating on his wife. Mm-hmm. I'm even thinking of, like, young love early on, 
they're still a horrible couple in high school because like I just don't even understand the logic like was this supposed to be a good couple the specific things I'm thinking of are first of all there's a whole episode about how Rory has to try to convince him that he shouldn't be saying things like oh my woman's gonna cook for me every night or Mm -hmm. else like what like Rory and Lorelai are you know claim to be very feminist and then Mm -hmm. that like the issue's never even resolved it's just very annoying. Yeah, in the end, doesn't she, like, dress up like a housewife and they, like, yeah, hook and it, up? And it doesn't make any sense because it's, like, she's, like, this will show him. But then he's, like, but Turned I do on. still expect a, a home-cooked meal. And she's, like, okay. Like, it just is weird. And then also, another thing I hate that he does is, like, he fixes that car for her or whatever and mm-hmm. is, like, I love you. And she's very honest in saying that she doesn't feel comfortable saying that she loves him yet, even mm-hmm. though she does really like him. And he flips out and is like, well, I can't believe I worked on this car for you. Like, you don't even love me. And it's like, hello, you guys are like 16. Mm-hmm. You are showing a lot of very bad tendencies right now. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, she feels guilty and says she loves him. And I'm like... This is the worst couple ever Mm -hmm. and very bad example to the young girls watching this show. Agreed. And so, yeah, I just hate Dean so much. And yeah, they were number one worst couple. Yeah, they were the first one that came to my mind, too. I just never, never will be a Dean liker. No. Speaking of, did you see that he got, like, arrested this weekend? Yes, I did. Gotta pay the consequences, you know? You hate to see it. (laughs) Or you you don't. I mean, it's validating (laughs) because I've never trusted him as a person after him playing this awful character. Yeah. Might be unfair, but well, there there it is. is. (laughs) Okay, my number one is Francis and Claire Underwood from House of Cards. They are just, like, purely driven by power and... Um, I am not attracted to power whatsoever. And they also, like, they're barely, they are, I think I believe that they are in love, but they also are just, like, let each other do whatever they want with other people and are very secretive and, like, but, like, they let each other do whatever they want, but then they also are, like, always hiding it and, like, not talking about it. Hmm. And anyway... We all know that this show is kind of briefly reflective of the Clintons, and maybe I'm only choosing them as my number one right now because I've been listening to this podcast about Monica Lewinsky, but so they're like really high in my mind. Yeah, very fresh. Yeah. Um, But I just would never want power at all, and I would never want my husband to be power hungry at all, so... That's just, like, that relationship to me is just, like, every single thing about it is a no. But I think other people would find them intriguing and, like, think that maybe some aspects of the relationship are something that they would want. Like, that's just so sexy. Yeah. Well, and it's, like, I always value independence, Mm -hmm. especially in a relationship. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you, this, and having never watched the show, it just sounds as though, like, no one they can never love anyone as much as they love themselves yes which is different than independence yes so and it's not really independence when you 
give it to someone, but only if they will, if what your actions do will eventually help the other person. Totally. It's just like all it was a all barter, about Francis. Like a barter system. Yeah. And like the, it's interesting where it's like, oh, we're f- totally open and we can do, we have all this like freedom, mm-hmm. but not if you're hiding it. No. Like how's that real freedom? Yeah. So anyway, I chose them as my number one. Great one. Thank you. Um, did you have any bonuses? No. Well, let's hear yours. My biggest bonus, because especially since I just barely watched Sex in the City, and I didn't rank them because I ha- did complain about how annoying mm-hmm. I thought Big was. Yeah. Especially considering that, like, Carrie and Big are a couple I'd heard of even before I'd watched the show. But they were just, like, such an awful and unhealthy couple. I guess the trend for me is just, like, emotionally manipulative. Mm-hmm. And they were a couple on the show where, like... Not only was the audience me, <laughs> not only was I very frustrated every time he, like, popped back up and destroyed whatever healthy, re- quote-unquote, boring relationship Carrie had going on because he's all exciting and, like, a bad boy, mm-hmm. which I just never find attractive. But also her friends in the show are like, you should not be with him. I can't believe he's back in your life. Why are you talking to him again? Which I think is kind of unique for a show because usually it's like the big romantic unhealthy relationship is kind of glamorized by everyone. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. And also it's funny because like he was always endgame through the whole show, it seems. Towards the end, it's almost like they were backed into a corner where they had to introduce like an even more awful boyfriend to make for him even look me to be like, oh, I guess, yeah, I mean, I guess if it has to be big, at least he's better than that guy. Yeah. So it's just, just not good. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, also, I mean, Cersei and Jamie Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would never want to be in a relationship with my brother. No. It's really <laughs> gross. And they're also just, like, a bad couple even outside of that. Yeah. But... That's another, that's another, a good example of kind of a Francis and Clara Underwood, but kind of reversed. It's kind of like Jamie was doing everything all the time for Cersei. Yeah, she, like, even if she thought she loved him legitimately, like, he was still always her little pawn. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she still would have chosen herself over him. Oh, totally. Yeah. Was that your last one? Yeah. Because that leads right into TV news. Did you hear that the Game of Thrones prequel is no more? Yeah, I was dying. <laughs> I was like, um, that's weird. And it's funny because this isn't exactly TV news, but the news just dropped that D.B. Weiss and the other guy are no longer doing the Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what is going on with these guys? Like, something bad, right? It has to be. But, like, what could be, what could they be attached to that's bigger than Star Wars? Well, they are attached to a big Netflix deal. Oh. Yeah, and that's what they that. quoted as, like, their reasoning is scheduling. But, and that makes sense. Yeah. But dang. Yeah. I'm, yeah, the Game of Thrones uh, prequel news is, like, shocking. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I'm not that mad. No, I'm not that bummed about it. I'm more just surprised because it seemed like such an easy, like, foolproof money grab yeah but it's funny all the articles that i've seen have mentioned how naomi watts was gonna be in it and i was like i didn't even know that (laughs) she's like (laughs) the photo of this failure (laughs) poor girl did you have anything else um this one was announced like the day after we dropped last week's episode but billy eichner billy on the streets coming to netflix 
Which is funny because it was on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I can finally watch all these. And I was like, oh, I did already. But now I can rewatch them. Because <laughs> well, is he going to have new ones? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, It says all, his original tweet is saying like four seasons of Chaos and Joy. So like, hopefully he makes some new ones. Because I can never get enough of Billy on yeah, the Street. Yeah, I guess I just assumed they were new ones and he was making four seasons. I guess I'm dumb. No, I think they intentionally make things like that sound. Because, like, you know how Netflix will, like, they're like, oh, better watch this quick because they were taking it off Netflix. And then, like, a few months later, they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Bring It On is back on Netflix. And yeah, it's like, it's but true. you just took it away. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Billy's clearly now part, like, has yeah. partnered somehow with Netflix. Yeah. So it's exciting for him. Probably Definitely. more money, Netflix money, than Hulu money. Yes, for sure. That was basically all I had. Yeah, that those was two it. things. Cool. <laughs> well, speaking of Netflix, let's roll right into Stage Fright by this Jenny Slate. Segway City today. <laughs> it's really nice. Um, first things first, it opened perfectly with um, some Robin. Oh, yeah. And that was... Oh. My fave. Yeah, I loved that she loves that song so much, too. Yeah. It's it was great. beautiful. I loved that this was a very unique comedy special because it was half, like, her just doing stand-up, mm-hmm. and I was really jealous of the audience that got to go because mm-hmm. it was, like, pretty small, and so her stand-up was really good, and then the other, it's, like, kind of merged with her, like, interviewing her family members in her childhood home. Yes. Because her parents are about to sell it. And, yeah, I thought it was, like, a unique combination. And it was fun to see her interactions with her sisters and her parents and two of her grandmas. Oh. Her, her grandmas grandma. were my favorite. And it was so funny because she did these impressions of her grandmas that and were, like, were spot on. Spot on. It was so good. Yeah, those parts made me a little emotional. It was really precious. Yeah, it was very precious. Um... So we've both followed Jenny's slate, like, for a long time, like, mm-hmm. on her social media and, like, in her various projects and stuff. And so I feel like, I mean, unless she is, like, an expert at appearing a certain way mm-hmm. and staying true to a brand, but, like, she, this just felt very, very real to her and mm-hmm. true to her, everything she's about. She's always been about vulnerability and, like, revealing shortcomings in her um anxieties and stuff and Mm -hmm. this was just felt ring really true totally yeah and i felt like a lot of it was like very relatable which i have a hard time usually feeling that way about especially Mm stand-up um but she found like a really unique way to be hilarious while also talking about like sad things and like loneliness and divorce and family and i thought it was really special Mm, it was so good the one thing that like killed me because i feel like i feel this really hard is when it's like the day of filming it and she's like this is this great thing and all i can think about is how worried i am i won't let myself enjoy it Mm -hmm. and like have fun and let this be a good thing Mm -hmm. and it'll ruin it for me and i was like oh my gosh like i relate to that so much totally and like she has this amazing opportunity, but, like, people are still people, and they still feel things. hmm Yeah, and I thought that that was another cool side that we got to see in the comedy special that was unique. 
other than that, I didn't have a ton of notes because I was just laughing, laughing, laughing. Yeah, just like enjoying it. Yeah, and I didn't want to like spoil any of her funny jokes. But she had one about skeletons that I thought was really funny and perfect for Halloween. Very perfect. And, like, it makes me think about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we uh, briefly mentioned it. She does talk about ghosts. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't spoil that for you, but that's a little spooky. Yeah, it is. And fun and cute. Yeah, it's and... like like real actual ghosts yeah not even just like fake ghosts no it's not like a metaphor it's like literal (laughs) ghosty things and it is funny because like i mean i live alone and i was watching it and i was like oh is this like this is getting a little spooky (laughs) but um it's like not too much spooky yeah just enough for us to tie it into our halloween episode and love it yeah it's perfect plus it is interesting because it's like has such an effect on her and her sisters as adults. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. It's very fun. If you're into that, so... Yeah. Watch it. It's really quick and short. Totally. The whole thing's only an hour. Yeah. It's really good. Highly recommend. Well, okay. <laughs> and next. Thing, I was hoping we'd have another good segue, but... I mean, we did love it. We loved it. we... Our modern modern gals <laughs> in our prime. I could write a whole essay and submit it to the Times. How to love myself in the modern age. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Modern Love on Amazon is... Is it eight episodes? Or is yes. It, okay. Eight half-hour episodes. Yes, of different... And they brought to life different love stories that have been in the Modern Love column in the New York Times, which has been one of my favorite things for a long, 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 long time. Um, And they semi-recently, within the last, like, five years, they created it into a podcast as well. And they would have different uh, celebrities read the articles on the podcast. I kind of fell off the bandwagon for a while. But I really, really love it. And, like, I have favorite ones. And sadly, I don't think any of my favorite ones were used in any of the stories that were created into episodes. But that makes me kind of hopeful maybe they will come back with more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did hear it got picked up for season two. Oh, did it? Yeah, so. Perfect. That'd be great. I got excited thinking that one was one, but then it wasn't. That is very vague. (laughs) <laughs> but I, we'll get to it <laughs> can't wait to ask you off the air <laughs> um i took notes on like each episode except for the episodes that i didn't really have anything to say <laughs> yeah i actually did not take that many notes okay um what would you say was your favorite one um i would say i think probably the anne hathaway one is my number one okay. favorite um, especially because I was so surprised because the beginning I was like, this is the most annoying thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Cause it was all, it was actually, it's like they totally punked me because it starts out and I was like, this is exactly what I feared this series would be. Mm-hmm. And I just don't enjoy this. Like just very like sappy romance. Yeah. It was and like then, musicals in the parking lot. Yeah. And like, oh, I just met someone and I'm in love. And I was like, <laughs> boo. <laughs> 
but then it became something completely different and I was obsessed with it. Yes, I agree. And I don't think this is a spoiler because I won't say who, but um, that episode specifically deals with um, being in a relationship with someone who has bipolar disorder. And I really, really loved it because I don't really feel like that's really been shown on TV. Like, no, especially not from the point of view of the person who actually suffers from it. Yeah. Usually it's like, oh, it's too hard to be in a relationship with someone with a mental illness. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of the end of the thing. Yeah. So that was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that it also represented, like, platonic supportive friend love. Like, mm-hmm. it just, yeah, it just really meant a lot to me. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. One of the other, like, focuses of that episode were, was, like, giving people a chance to love you. Mm-hmm. And that just, like, stabbed me in the heart a million times, and I really loved it. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned the friend love, because I was actually thinking that I was kind of sad that there weren't more friend love-like stories. Mm-hmm. But that one was that one. Was one. A little bit. Yeah. But I think I would have liked to see one that was, like, solely based on a friendship platonic love. So, hopefully that'll come in season two. Um, also, I would say that my favorite was... Uh, hers was A World of One with Adam... What's his name? Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott. <laughs> I knew that. Um, it's a hard name because it sounds like every other name. Yeah, exactly. You can and just call him Hot Priest from moving forward. We know. I, well, and I watched some Parks and Rec this week, so <laughs> I was thinking about Adam Scott. It makes sense. Plus, but, I feel like he looks like an Adam. Yeah. Um, so it has Andrew Scott, and he's playing um, a gay dad, and he is, like, very hip, and there's this scene where he's wearing these this tank top and he has glasses on and he just looks so hot he looked so good and like his character had um a really like he good character development i think yeah um also he was acting a lot with like his biggest scene partner was olivia cook who i'm like her number one fan as well we love her around these parts i like forgot that she was in it so when she showed up i was like ah! well she's so good she like creates really big characters just you can just like you know them so well mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. just like hearing her say one sentence i feel yeah like, like you don't need a huge backstory on no her, she's just is- like fully inhabited uh, uh, this character that you like understand mm-hmm. pretty well already yeah which kind of is, like, how I felt about this whole series, because I feel like, outside of Black Mirror, because, like, that's a very unique style of these, like, kind of, like, one-episode anthology kind mm-hmm. of things, it's sometimes hard for me to really love a show like that, because, mm-hmm. like, I'm all I, I want, like, very, very deep character development. I want to feel like I live in this world, and I know these characters. Mm-hmm. And I felt like this series actually did a really good job of creating really well-lived-in worlds and characters just in one episode each. That was actually my main takeaway, too. I was thinking that it was... They did a really good job every episode, for the most part, of taking a half an hour, which is, like, no time at all. No. To, like, create a fully developed love story where, like, we understand and know the characters and, like, what they're going through and how they're feeling. And 
I thought it was like a really fun challenge and I think that they did really well. Yeah, I agree. Because I was like, I mean, I, it wasn't like I was dreading watching the show, but I was like, I just don't know if this is for me. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I ended up really liking it. And I even, well, and even as I reflect on the different episodes, I feel like they also did a good job of never making something too one-sided. Mm-hmm. Like, I could always see both characters involved or several more than just two characters. Like, I could see their sides and kind of, like, understand where everyone was coming from. And there was no, like, I'm the I'm the villain. Totally. It was very realistic like that. Well, and it was kind of fun. Every episode I would be like, I wonder whose story it is that the actual article is written about. Yeah. And I actually kind of had a hard time picking. And I need to go back and, like, find them and read for myself because, yeah, I agree. They did a good job of, like, showing all the sides as opposed to just one, which is probably what the article kind of did. Totally. Because even there was one in particular that I was like, okay, what really happened here? And how did it actually end in the article? Mm-hmm. And I went back to look it up and I was like, oh, this is, they really expanded it for the episode. Mm-hmm. And um, and I actually do feel like they fleshed it out better in the show. Oh, cool. So I was pretty impressed. I like that. And I also feel like there were obviously ones where I was like, just not emo- as emotionally invested in them. And I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I really... It was just, like, a story I didn't care about as mm-hmm. much or didn't resonate with me, but I didn't feel like there was, like, a bad one. What one would you say you liked the least? Um, definitely, uh, Julia Garner's. <laughs> really? That one or the one where they go to the hospital. That was my least favorite one. It was just kind of boring. Yeah, it was very boring, and it kind of seemed like they were doing that one modern love column about 72 or 73 questions where they fall in love after oh. asking each other those questions because they were asking each other questions like that but that wasn't exactly what was happening no i feel like that was the one that definitely felt the most forced yeah and had the most kind of lines that i hate like oh but don't you just want to live a little and like take a chance on love and i was like shut up (laughs) no one's actually like that no yeah, that was my least favorite one. I actually really liked the Julia Garner one. Well, there was just such the ick factor that it was hard for me to get yeah. past it. But that is the one where I liked, th- when I went back and read the article, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they actually made this very, like, much more interesting than I think the article was. Okay. And I think because both the actors were so good, that is one where normally I probably wouldn't sympathize with, the, with him. Mm-hmm. But I was like... I feel sad for him. Mm-hmm. But then also at the very end, I was like, what are you, what? <laughs> yeah. And the article. Crazy. Yeah. And so I do like how it, like that very last ending, like the second, mm-hmm. like the last second of the episode, I was like, huh? Um, But the article did not clear anything up for me. <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting. But um, it was just more like, like I said, the ick factor. Yeah. But it definitely held my attention. Not un- I think I literally fell asleep in the middle of the hospital one. Yeah. I, I, and I it did didn't too. matter. Okay. I thought all the performances were good. Um, one, only one thing I want to talk about with performances, it's quick, is just it was fun seeing, <clears throat> it was fun seeing Tina Fey be like uptight, mean Liz Lemon mm-hmm. vibes again. Because <laughs> she's actually really good at that. Well, yeah, her character was very believable and good. Yeah. I, I feel like it. even if maybe she doesn't always... Because like, it's funny because, like, I like her in Sisters. Mm-hmm. She's really funny as, like, the party gal. Mm-hmm. But I think that she's just the best at playing kind of, like, the uptight, 
Well, and I felt like this was a much more dramatic role, even. It wasn't, like, as funny as Liz Lemon. So I kind of totally. thought it was uh, even more interesting because I felt like it had been a while slash maybe have I ever really seen her do, like, that dramatic of work. To me, it was, like, realistic Liz Lemon. Yeah. Like, Liz sense. Lemon lives in a wacky comedy. Yeah. And so she is kind of, by default, lovable, yeah. even though she's mean and similarly, like, tightly wound. Yeah. But this was, like, if Liz Lemon or that kind of person, like, I don't want to pigeonhole Tina Fey as she's only Liz Lemon, but, like, she, if this were, if she were in a real marriage, like, she would seem like that. Yeah. Um, slash she's also married to John Slattery in that episode, and I loved that. I love their chemistry. Yeah, it was really good. Have you ever seen his 30 Rock episode? I can't remember. He's so weird. <laughs> he has, like, a really heavy Boston accent, and it's really funny. Well, uh, crush of the week? Um, I actually... Picked John Sattery as my crush of the week. Oh, wow. I thought he looked really, really hot. Um, and I, it's just, it's like, that could be such a cliche story to tell. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of a bickering, unhappy married couple. Mm-hmm. But he brought a lot of, like, sensitivity to his role. Totally. And I feel like there was kind of some, kind of like, in the show like this, like, the husband is, like, always the dirtbag. Mm-hmm. And I feel like their couple... There's just a lot of realistic... Like, it wasn't one-sided. Or what... There, you could see both sides. And I I don't know. I just really liked him in it. Yeah. I think he did a great job. And I've missed seeing him. I yeah. haven't really seen him since... In the Romanoffs. He's, like, a... Got some deal with Prime or something? Yeah. <laughs> like, let him out of his cage and <laughs> let him be in more stuff. Let him be free. <laughs> um... Well, my crush of the week is Dove Patel. He is in an episode of Modern Love. I forgot about their episode. He's so hot. He also was, like, really cute and romantic as well. And, like, dedicated to uh, being, like, true to someone. Like, uh, and he was just beautiful. I, there must have been a scene in the episode I don't even remember I watched it very late at night, but I wrote a note that said, I want Dev Patel to hold my little head and kiss it. <laughs> I do not remember that. Maybe that's just a craving you had. Maybe it was a dream. Maybe I had Maybe. a dream and then wrote, woke up and wrote that in my notes. What a lullaby. But I don't take it back. I do you shouldn't. It. And it's been a while since I've seen him too, so... Yeah, I'm surprised he's not in, like, everything, because everyone loved Lion. Yeah. And he's kind of like an it boy. Like, everyone was mm-hmm. like, whoa, he's so hot. He's kind of been in some, like, lower production stuff that I haven't ever really seen. Me but, neither. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I hope you find love as spooky as we do. <laughs> <laughs> if we're completely off base, please don't tell us. Yeah, there's no need for that. Bring us down. <laughs> well, guess this is goodbye. Farewell, and have a great spooky Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs>